I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome back to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Every fortnight we bring you a mixture of features and discussions, exploring every aspect of gardening. Growing your own fruit and vegetables, plant care, pest control, garden design and container ideas. Plus expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. I'm Jenny Bowden. Coming up in this Harvest Edition... Perfect pumpkins of all sizes. How to grow them big in size and big in flavour. Award-winning apple and pear trees to add to your garden. Delicious recipe suggestions to make the most of your autumn veg. And, as always, the latest news on RHS garden events across the UK. But first, over the past 50 years, declines have been noted in many groups of British insects, including those that are vital for pollination. These include some common butterflies, moths, hoverflies and bees. Insect pollination is vital to the production of many of our wildflowers, ornamentals, fruit and vegetables. Domestic gardens are being increasingly recognised as vital habitats to promote and produce wildlife and biodiversity, especially as wildflower habitats are on the decline. The RHS has been campaigning to make gardeners aware of this issue and help them choose plants and gardening techniques that can both protect and promote vital pollinating insects. Uh, I'm Jessica Roberts. I look after the Tender Ornamental Plant Committee and Fruit, Veg and Herb and Woody Plant Committees. Hi, I'm Mike Pitcher and I look after the Herbaceous, the Bulb and the Joint Rock Garden Plant Committees. This is about encouraging wild, you know, wildlife into your garden to actually pollinate the plants, to help them grow. It's to encourage wildlife, um, promote wildlife, and it's about simple indigenous British plants that grow in British gardens to encourage British insects because that's how you pollinate our plants. There's also a lot of cultivated varieties available and we do have a list um, on the website actually which is rhs.org.uk forward slash perfect for pollinators and on there you can find a really comprehensive list of all sorts of plants which will really support our pollinators out there when 
sort of we're losing a lot of flowers out in the countryside due to intensive farming or urban development and actually what this does is you can help provide a really rich source of nectar to keep our poor bees and butterflies uh, going and support all the different varieties there are and this will really really help if you can plant plants and grow plants which will really help give them the nectar that they need and give it to them all year round as well because they don't just need it in the summertime so our list we've got a list that does every season so if you can look at that and have flowers out there available to them for all seasons then you're really supporting them to the best of your ability i think the thing that i always see the most bugs on it has to be a sedum it's got hundreds and hundreds of little flowers uh, on the top of the stem and it's flat so that's fantastic for them because they don't have to travel far to get to the next flower so there's they're all sort of a few millimeters apart from each other and you'll always see a sedum absolutely covered in insects which is wonderful you'll see a butterfly four bees and eight hoverflies on one on one flower head so uh, yeah it's, it's definitely not just purple plants there's all sorts of ones there are quite a few winter flowering plants actually um we've got some winter flowering clematis uh, crocuses um ivy is just amazing if you've ever got it especially this year ivy has been flowering like crazy and it's actually just covered in these well wasps and bees just absolutely love it that's a super super plant for them uh, hellebores and um, mahonias sweet box that's got loads of small flowers on it and has an amazing scent as well and it's a great evergreen plant which gives structure to your border all year round as well so it's really good for for you and of the and and the bugs and viburnum of course viburnum can be quite a large shrub and it has clusters of very small uh, white pink white with a flowers with a hint of pink on it as well um, and it's very very scented um, but yeah you can see it, is, it It can be very large but you can get smaller varieties yes. as well uh, they, they're, they're very flexible they, they either, some are evergreen some are deciduous and they just have the flowers in the winter um, and there, there are also other things that the, the heathers are very good witch hazels are, are, are very attractive in the winter all you have to do is just think is this going to be attractive to pollinators? And for me, because you don't just want to plant a garden full of hideous plants just because the pollinators like it. You still want it to work for you. So you still want pretty, nice, attractive plants. And you can really still do that whilst providing a really good nectar-rich garden for bugs. Uh, so if you want to help, there's a few things you can avoid doing to try and help the pollinators. So, for example, don't cut your herbs. So I always let my marjoram and oregano grow up and flower because... But bugs really, really seem to like the uh, herbs. And if you can let them flower and then chop them back after they've flowered, that will be really, really helpful. And I always still use the dried flowers in my cooking as well. Um, also, avoid doubles, you know, uh, flowers where you can't see into the middle of them because that means the bugs can't get into the middle of them. So try and avoid doing that. And also try and avoid using pesticides sort of all over the place so sprays are quite bad um, if you need to use them and we all do well most of us do occasionally be really precise with the way that you use them don't just sort of go spraying all over the place just just spray very specific areas just spray the green fly don't spray all the insects around it as well 
find more information and tips about how to make your garden more wildlife friendly on the RHS website. Here you can also find the complete lists of garden plants and wildflowers that are particularly good for pollinating insects. rhs.org.uk slash science and follow the links. I'm Jenny Bowden and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. At this time of year, with the leaves fast turning, harvest fairs and festivals are cropping up all across the UK. Featuring prize-winning vegetable displays, apple tastings and a wide range of autumn-themed activities. One of the main attractions for visitors are always the pumpkins. We visited the RHS London Harvest Festival show to see the squashes on display. Hi, my name's Brendan Arundel. Uh, I'm an RHS Wisley Diploma student and I'm here at the London Harvest Show manning the winter squash stand for the trials team. Uh, On display we have uh, winter squashes, so a range of uh, selected uh, cultivars and varieties which have been trialled and all been awarded the AGM, uh, varying in size from small ones, they're about three or four inches across, to large ones like the Atlantic Giant. The AGM is a sort of rigorous selection process uh, of plants that will be suitable to the everyday grower at home. Uh, There's a criteria which usually consists of five different things. So excellent for ordinary use, availability of good constitution, uh, stable in form and reasonably resistant to pests and disease. But these ones also are trialled for taste as well. Uh, Okay, so I mentioned the Atlantic Giant before, which is a large one, um, often grown for exhibition. And then we have small ones, things like the Munchkin, Buffy Ball, which are are very small. We get to about three or four inches across. Munchkin's a bright orange. Uh, Buffy Ball is sort of an ivory-coloured form. Um, Both very small. And then every intermediary between. Um, Some of the more interesting ones uh, include the Turk's Turban. Um, which almost looks like two halves of a squash which have been polyfilled together sort of a stripy bottom and a multicoloured top um, we've got one here called Porcelain Doll which is a sort of blush pink form, very shiny um, obviously referring to the porcelain <coughs> aspect and we've got a sort of a warty one called Marina di Shioggia um, which is sort of a, a teal green um, which is very warty uh, for flavour, um, some of the best ones include Honey Bear, which is a sort of small, dark green form. And another popular one is Crown Prince, which is a sort of a light blue, uh, teal coloured one, much larger. Um, that will get to potentially a foot across. Uh, orange flesh, both of them. Keys to growing good squash, uh, make sure you get a decent seed from a reputable supplier. Uh, so once you've got your seed, if you sow them in late April under cover, uh, about a quarter of an inch deep in sort of seed compost, um, grow them on until they're beyond the cotyledon stage. Uh, you can pop them on if necessary, but the idea is to make sure they're a, a decent sized plant to, to plant out at the start of June once all the risk of frost is gone. Uh, water well, make sure it's rich soil or rich as you can get. Um, just make sure the watering is consistent throughout the season. And just hope that we get a decent warm weather as there are warm temperate plants. Just hope that we get the sun and then by the end of September, October, all being well and we've had the pollination uh, and the fruit is set, uh, you should be on to a winner. Over opposite me we've got some giant exhibition pumpkins weighing in excess of 400 pounds which equates to about 200 
220 kilograms. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly how they got them to that size, but invariably the seed that they've got is genetically uh, programmed to obviously grow pumpkins that size. Uh, once you've got the correct seed, uh, follow the same sort of method, start them off early, undercover, plant them out, very rich soil, hopefully good weather, lots of water and feeding and turning, just keep them off the soil obviously to avoid any rots. And just, yeah, seed selection I think is the key. This year's winner of the RHS Giant Pumpkin Competition was uh, Peter Gaelin, uh, whose pumpkin weighed in in excess of 300 kilograms. Uh, which is 673 pounds, which in, uh, if you want something to compare it to, a Shetland pony weighs 650 pounds, so it's heavier than the Shetland pony. You can find more information and advice on all aspects of growing your own produce on our website, rhs.org.uk gyo, or visit iTunes to download the free GYO app designed to help you choose and grow fruit and vegetables rhs.org.uk slash iPhone. RHS shows are also fantastic places to hear talks from some of the UK's gardening experts and draw on their passion and knowledge. Back in the Lindley Hall in London, we spoke to specialists to find out their suggestions on what gardeners should be doing at home right now. I'm Chris Smith from Pennard Plants down in Somerset. Key jobs at this time of the year in the garden as well is basically good hygiene make sure you clear up all the leaves that are falling off the trees because bugs hide under those leaves and then affect your plants later on make sure you clear all those up and think about getting your veg patch ready if you've got a veg patch clear the old rubbish off it put some maybe some mulch over the top of it put a green manure down for the winter so that it's ready for next spring the better preparation you do now the better gardening you'll have next year but the main thing is getting your garlic now yeah onions and garlic this is the time to get your garlic in it needs the cold weather so get it planted autumn onion sets ready early next year they'll be ready in may june before your main onions are ready this is the time to get them in I'm Jim Arbery. I'm a horticultural specialist for the RHS based at Wisley, particularly working with fruit and trials. Well, continue with harvesting, and that's really important to harvest things, preferably before they fall on the ground, because then the apples and pears we're picking at this time of year need storing for a while. So by harvesting them carefully, you can store them in a cool, frost-free place and also mouse-free place. and they should keep a while because the type of apples we're harvesting around this time will store for a period of time from a month up to several months depending on which ones they are. Place them on shallow trays, not touching, sort of trays you can get from a greengrocer that have perhaps been used for fruit or for mushrooms that will stack but also allow some air movement and um, then you can inspect them regularly. That's particularly important for pears which can become overripe and go rotten at the core and if you're not watching them you can find they've all rotted so um, you want to be able to see them regularly. My name is Sarah and I work for a company called Abel and Cole and we sell organic food for home delivery. So we're here at the RHS Autumn Harvest Festival show um, to celebrate the harvest uh, season and we are looking around us and there is plenty of fruit and veg that people have grown in their own gardens at the moment. Now we're an organic food delivery company and we sell fruit and veg and I thought it would be a really nice idea to show some of the things that you can do with your veg because obviously all our stuff is grown as well even though it's been grown by farmers and not in people's gardens. 
Um, there are some really fun things that you can do with vegetables. It's such an abundant season. Um, I'm very, very keen on eating things as raw as you possibly can when things are freshly harvested. Um, but I do appreciate that, obviously, you're not going to be able to do that all year around. So there are some interesting things that you can do with your fruit and veg. So what I've done here today is I've pickled really instantly. I've done something that I call instant pickles for this show here. It's a really, really quick and easy way um, to preserve some of the things that you've harvested. So I've made one pickle which has got raw beetroot um, and it's been pickled in uh, white wine white wine vinegar uh, cinnamon with a bit of orange zest and um, a bit of sugar in there as well because that's kind of the classic thing so what I've done is I've simply just grated the beetroot um, and then heated up the vinegar with half vinegar half water and a bit of sugar to cover up the beetroot um, and then put in a bit of um, cinnamon stick and some orange zest in there and some chilies for effect really they're not really affecting the flavour um, and just pour that on top so I'm, I've effectively cooked the beetroot in the fluid allowed it to cool in the fridge and then that's it and it's allowed the beetroot to be nicely pickled but also quite crunchy still so it's not been pickled to the end of the days <laughs> and then I've also pickled some cauliflower so I've boiled the cauliflower ever so gently in a bit of turmeric um, just to give, give it a little bit of a yellow tint so you can see it looks, it looks really fantastic in, in the jar like that um, and then I've added um, half uh, cider vinegar half water and again a little bit of sugar in there you can put honey in if you don't want to use sugar but it, there is a risk that it turns a little bit cloudy in the jar but if you're making small quantities then that's definitely fine allow that to cool down and then put in some sliced red onion for a bit of color effect and that means that the red onion won't be losing any of its color so you can see it's really crunchy still almost almost fresh but in a bit of a pickle You can find more gardening tips and guides to seasonal jobs in the garden on the RHS website, rhs.org.uk slash gardening. The nights may be drawing in, but there's still plenty to see and do in our four RHS gardens. Here's some of the attractions and events coming up. Sign up to attend a day workshop on macro and close-up photography at RHS Garden Harlow Carr on the 17th of October from 10 till 5. You'll learn about flower, plant and foliage photography and other areas of interest, including insects and fungi. The course will cover equipment advice and there will be an opportunity to apply the theory to practice in the garden. Come to RHS Garden Rosemore on the 23rd of October from 11 to 12.30 for an informal walk around some of the hard landscape features of RHS Rosemore to consider how and why they were constructed and to give you some ideas for your own garden. RHS expert Patrick Brown will guide you around the garden and will show you a seldom seen view of Lady Anne's house. There's plenty to do in the autumn half term at the four RHS gardens with Halloween activities, storytelling and interactive garden trails. There's lots to do for the family. Activities take place from the 28th to the 31st of October at RHS Garden Hyde Hall and from 25th of October to the 2nd of November at the other RHS gardens. And, as always, full details of all these events and more are on the RHS website. Go to rhs.org.uk slash gardens what's on. And finally, our selection of AGM Plants of the Month. As we mentioned earlier, the AGM is the RHS's Award of Garden Merit. Plants that display this award have been assessed in a number of categories by our experts and are recommended as being the best for all-round performance. 
When you're trying to select the best plant from the hundreds that are available in garden centres and nurseries, the AGM is an invaluable tool for gardeners. With fruit AGMs, particularly now in October, thinking of things that might be ripe, it's a couple of apples which will be ripe now, sunset, which is very nice now, and kids orange red, which will be ripe soon. Both of those are very good. They're, in a way, Cox's orange pippin type apples, the aromatic apples, but, but they're easier to grow than Cox's orange pippin. And also for a pear, one of these eating this weekend, and we'll eat in a moment, I have one in my hand now, is Brea Superfan, which is a delicious buttery melting pear, you know, one of the best flavoured pears. They're all fairly straightforward to grow. They're not particularly disease susceptible and not particularly challenging in the pruning. They need pruning as you know, trees do, but they're not particularly vigorous or difficult. They should be fairly well easy to manage. You can find details of all the plants on the AGM lists on the RHS website, rhs.org.uk slash AGM plants. So that's all for this edition. We'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Jenny Bowden and all the RHS Gardening Podcast team, goodbye. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilise the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.